everybody, this is Pastor Shea, aka Chapel G, coming back at y'all with another word of encouragement for today. So I want to talk to you today about ethical leadership. And the reason I want to talk to you about ethical leadership is because I think in more cases than we understand, people look to us as leaders in our community, uh, leaders in our school, leaders in our profession, and when we bring the wisdom and knowledge of God with us into these scenarios, the Spirit of God is its attractive. Like People want to be around it. And so as, as we step into an environment and the Spirit of God is coming with us, people are looking to us to be the ethical leaders in the places where we are. Uh, my job, where I'm at right now, it, it's one of the main proponents of my job is to have ethical or to, to talk about ethics and talk about morality and things like that. And I once had um, one of the upper-level leadership say to me, because I was talking to him about ethical leadership, he's like, according to whose ethics? Because we live in a, in a pluralistic environment, right? And I didn't say this to him at the time because I had to, I had to process what he said. I am thoroughly convinced that the God of the Bible, the Judeo-Christian God, and uh, Christianity as a whole, has the most consistent ethical framework that if we implement it the way uh, it's originally written, uh, that we don't try to, to twist it with, with cultural nuances and stuff like that. If we, if we look at what Christ said, if we look at how uh, God deals with his people, it is the most consistent worldview uh, that we can cling to. And so I wanted to, to read this story to y'all uh, to highlight what bad, what bad ethical leadership looks like in this scenario. This comes from uh, the book of Second Chronicles. It's chapter 10. This is one of Sol King Solomon's sons. And has, as he has this situation, as he's trying to lead uh, the southern nation of Israel, he runs into some problems. And, and the lessons we learn from it, I think, are invaluable. So y'all check this out. It says, Rehoboam went to Shechem. Rehoboam is Solomon's son. Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel had come to Shechem to make him king. Uh, this was right after Solomon died. And as soon as Jeroboam, that's one of the proponents uh, of Solomon and of Rehoboam, uh, as soon as Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, heard of it, for he was in Egypt, where he had fled from King Solomon, then Jeroboam returned from Egypt, and they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all Israel came and said to Rehoboam, Your father made our yoke heavy. Now therefore lighten the hard service your father and his heavy yoke on, his, on us, and we will serve you. And he said to them, come, come to me again in three days. So the people went away. Then King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men who had stood before Solomon, his father, while he was yet alive, saying, How do you advise me to answer this people? And they said to him, If you will be good to this people and please them and speak good words to them, then they will be your servants forever. forever. But he abandoned the counsel that the old man gave and took counsel with the young men who had grown up with him and stood before him. And he said to the young men, What do you advise that we answer this people who have said to me, Lighten the yoke that your father put on us? And the young men who had grown up with him said to him, Thus shall you speak to the people who said to you, Your father made our yoke heavy, but you lighten it for us. Thus shall you say to them, My will, 
finger is thicker than my father's thighs. And now, whereas my father laid on you a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. Sir Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king said, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered them harshly, and forsaking the counsel of old men, King Rehoboam spoke to them according to the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add to it. My father disciplined you with whips, but I will discipline you with scorpions. So the king did not listen to the people, for it was the, a turn of affairs brought about by God that the Lord might fulfill his word, which he spoke to Elijah. Elijah? Sometimes, y'all. <laughs> the Shilonite to Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. And when all Israel saw the king did not listen to them, the people answered the king, What portion have we in David? We have no inheritance in the son of Jesse. Each of you to your tents, O Israel. Look now to your own house, David. So all Israel went to their tents, but Rehoboam reigned over the people of Israel who lived in the cities of Judah. Then King Rehoboam sent to Hadram, who was the taskmaster over the forced labor, and the people of Israel stoned him to death with stones. And King Rehoboam quickly mounted his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel has been in rebellion against the house of David to this day. So here we have a situation where we have a leader, a king who's coming across, and he's just he's just rolling in, trying to trying to get his feet wet, trying to get him up under him. And he has these people of the Labor Party. And Jeroboam is the lead, leader of the Labor Party, right? And they're like, yo, your pops, he was, he was kind of hard on us. Like, if, if, you can, if you can lessen that, yo, we'll, we'll ride with you. And Rehoboam goes to the old men who served under Solomon. So Solomon is known in his Bible of being one of the most, if he not, if probably the most wise person in the scriptures as, as far as kings go. And they go to him. They go. Uh, I'm sorry. Rehoboam goes to the counselors like, "Yo, what should we do?" And they're like, "Yo, lighten the load. It's okay. Like, yo, they'll ride with you." But he forgets that, right? And he goes with the dudes that grew up with him, who did not serve under Solomon, who didn't have all this wisdom that they they were able to glean from King Solomon. They grew up in that young man mind frame where uh, we'd rather watch the city burn. Uh, just so our enemies don't get a piece of it. Like, they, they got that mentality around them, right? And they're like, no. Uh, put put a heavier yoke on them. And did you see how Solomon... So, so here's the here's the wisdom, right? Here's what here's what pride does. As, as Ray is trying to, like, solidify himself and get his feet up under him, right? Instead of slow rolling his responsibility, right? That And that's what... That's what like an ethical mind frame would do. An ethical mind frame would say, let's let's not jostle the people. Let, let's let them adjust to the king. Their king just died. Let, let's roll into this in a slow way, right? Pride comes in and says, no, they need to do what I say. It's my turn now. So he goes in heavy-handed. And the people rebel. And amidst the people rebelling, he says to the people, like, my father wasn't even anything. Like, he downgrades the reign of his dad, so that he can lift up himself. And he essentially has the, the 
10 out of the 12 tribes of Israel ripped away from him. And that was a part of one of the prophecies that God gave to Jeroboam, that God was going to tear away uh, 10 of the tribes of Israel away from away from Rehoboam and give it to Jeroboam. And there's a whole bunch of other stuff that goes with that. But as we look at ethics, as we talk about like what's right and what's wrong in leadership, it is so vitally important. It's so vitally important for us to go in to look at the people and to figure out what's going on with the people. Two, two other things that we see in this. One, Rehoboam starts to mimic the king of Egypt as the horror stories of how the king of Egypt, Israel, or I'm sorry, the king of Egypt put a more heavy burden on the people. So now instead of not being like the king of Egypt, that they would have fled from, that their that their family has a history about. He's starting to look more like him. Two, as we look at this from a Christian mind frame, right? Jesus is the king over all things, and so, and, and one of the, the the primary thing that Jesus said of what it looks like uh, in this whole ethical system, he says the first thing is to love God, the second thing is to love your neighbor as if you're loving yourself. We can see from the text, this was not Rehoboam's wisdom. This was not his moral character. That's why we need a better Rehoboam. This is this is the story of how Christ is better than all those. You know, this is an awesome story. Um, so much nuance that goes along with it. So much, so much depth. But it ultimately, like everything else, the scriptures point to uh, we need a better king. And the better king that the Bible gives us, the better king that history has given us, the better king that God has provided is Jesus in the flesh. So, yo, I love y'all. I hope y'all doing well. Sorry I went a little long today, but this is this is a cool story. Uh, please make sure to like, share, subscribe, all that jazz. Y'all, it's free to y'all, but it means, a, it means a lot over here because it means more folks can hear uh, the word of God. We need it in this day. So, yo, I love y'all. Hope y'all doing well. I'm praying for you. And until next time, grace and peace.